I'm with Michael from David Austin Roses. Now, come on, you have new roses pretty well every year. Oh, absolutely, every year, yes, yeah. And this year we've got a couple of real beauties, actually. We were going to introduce three, but um, one of them uh, has to be kept for next year because it's, uh, it's a Scots Rose hybrid, yellow, and an absolute pig to propagate. So, so you haven't got enough stock? Absolutely. Maybe. So uh, hopefully next year we'll, be, we'll have enough stock. It's a really special little rose, so we're determined to introduce it. Uh, but, but not till next year. On that note, that's an interesting one, Michael. I mean, you said you haven't got enough stock. How long does it take you to build enough stock once you've chosen the rose? Well, it's a continuous process. So we start off with, with one plant. You know, each of those 250-odd uh, thousand seedlings we have every year are genetically unique. So we start off with one plant of each, and we gradually whittle them down. But in the process of whittling them down, we also increase the numbers of plants per selection. So by the end of sort of about 10 years, we usually have reduced it down to maybe um, 20 different selections, but it increased the numbers to, to about uh, 10,000 or something like that. And then it's from those that we f select our final two or three to introduce, and then we want something like 15 or 20,000 plants per, per variety. And how long does that take from that moment you've chosen that one rose all the way back up to having enough stock well, that, that, that's the next year because we've already got ten thousand. We've already got ten thousand plants, so ah. it's a very wasteful product. So we we might have, as I say, fifteen or twenty selections, each with ten thousand plants, but we're actually throwing all of them away except for two of them or three of them. It's terrible, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Terrible. And so, anyway, so, this, so, this, so we look forward to next year. But what have we got for this year, Michael? <laughs> well, we got a. They're basically two pinks, uh, but very different. So we've got um, a softer pink one, which is called Eustacea Vi. And Eustacea Vi probably doesn't mean too much to too many people. It certainly didn't mean much to me. So Eustacea Vi is a character out of Return of the Native. Uh, and Gabriel Oak, which is a, a really rich, vibrant, strong pink, uh, is Gabriel Oak. And uh, so they're both... Uh, different, but... Well, yeah, they're both sort of four-foot-odd shrubs, so classic English roses, very full flowers, sort of maybe a hundred petals in each. Both are very fragrant, especially Gabriel Oak's got the most fantastic fragrance. That's quite important today, isn't it? Uh, what do you do you know, when you, get, you, you see a rose or get given a rose? You stick your nose into it, and if it hasn't got a fragrance, well, it's a bit boring, really, isn't it? It is indeed. So, uh, yeah, we try to introduce everything that has a, a good fragrance. And then the other thing that's very important, of course, is maximum health. And that's something that we've been making great advances on in the last few years, especially is, is introducing varieties that are really super healthy. And these two are, are very, very healthy. And then the other character is a very good repeat flowering. And so uh, you know, some, some varieties, they'll, they'll flower and then have a bit of a rest, you know, and flower later on. Some will sort of flower and then almost without a gap be flowering again. Uh, and so that's what these two varieties are very good at and more recent varieties is is very good repeat flowering very free flowering and also they've got to stand up to the weather you know and, and all that sort of thing which is so unpredictable they have got to put up with a lot haven't they <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's a real challenge hasn't it changed though when you think back that uh, if you go back to say the 60s and people were breeding roses for all these marvelous exotic colors you know that's was it sterling silver and, uh, yeah, and, and all those that were and no perfume and you think how did you do a rose with no perfume absolutely they, they, they just concentrated 
they concentrated on two main characters actually. One was the shape of the flower, so the classic hybrid tea yeah. shape of flower with a high point in the centre. And also they didn't want their colours to fade. So they were all rather stiff, upright bush, so you could cut them and take them along to the show or put them in the vase. Um, but they, they didn't want, they wanted the same colour from day one to the day the petals fell off or didn't fall off and just go horrible and mouldy. Uh, but we really like, and if you look at the picture of Eustacea Vi behind oh, it's you, gorgeous. It's, it's a real mixture of colours there from slightly apricot when it first comes out. Um, to a sort of a to, a to a rich pink and then a softer pink. So there's colours changing all the time. Which is and what nature does in, the, in its own right, doesn't it? It's so much more interesting than just a solid block of colour all the time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and the, uh, the other problem with those varieties then were clashing was a real problem. So, you know, I remember there's, um, there used to be a, um, a roundabout outside Shrewsbury, you know, where Percy Throw used to oh, yes. live. And he planted it up with a, a mixture of hybrid teas and farabundas and the colours were just... <laughs> you had to put your dark glass on, just... <laughs> Not anymore. But, but now with the English roses, you can basically put any two together and they look superb. And of course, mixing them up with perennials and annuals and biomes, which is absolutely superb, and that's the way to help them to stay healthy uh, as well, is, is break that monoculture. So we've got two lovely roses for this year, yeah. and we've got something to look forward to next year. Yeah. Already. Absolutely, yes. <laughs>